You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. And on today's episode of the podcast, we're reviewing the ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. Another Cricket World Cup has come and gone after six weeks of cricket in India over the months of October, November. We have finally ended the World Cup for 2023. And Australia have been crowned champions after their wonderful achievement in the final, defeating the favourites in the host nation, India, to be crowned world champions for the sixth time. We saw some outstanding performances during this World Cup with bat and with ball. Some that come to mind, Glenn Maxwell's innings against Afghanistan, the 201 not out, Virat Kohli's 50th ODI century, the Netherlands and Afghanistan winning games of cricket and doing very well in this World Cup. So this World Cup had um, many things to, to be proud of, many great achievements from all the teams in terms of a team perspective, but also individual performances as well and great stories that have come out of this World Cup. So, today's episode, we've got lots to talk about, plenty to talk about in this World Cup. We're going to be talking about all the teams, all the 10 teams and their performance in this World Cup. How do they go? Who performed well with the bat and with the ball? Um, and uh, talk about their World Cup campaign, along with other stuff as well. So, there's plenty to discuss in this episode today of the podcast. Let's uh, get straight into it. Let's have a look at the ICC Cricket World Cup 2023 points table and see where all the teams finished on the points table in terms of wins and losses and who qualified for the semi-finals. So India, the host nation, finished on top of the points table in first place. They won nine games from nine, didn't lose a single game throughout the tournament. Uh, in second place was South Africa, with seven wins and two losses. In third place was Australia, with seven wins and two losses. New Zealand was the last team to qualify for the semi-finals. Uh, they won five games and lost four. And then you have in fifth and sixth place on the table, Pakistan and Afghanistan with four wins and five losses. Then in seventh place was the defending champions from 2019, England. They won three games and lost six. And then Bangladesh... Sri Lanka and the Netherlands finished in 8th, 9th and 10th places respectively. All of them had 2 wins and 7 losses. So that's how the points table ended up at the end of the group stage of this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. Let's have a look at the ICC Cricket World Cup 2023 stats in terms of leading run scorers, leading wicket takers, most dismissals by wicket keeper and most catches by fielder. First of all, let's have a look at the leading run scorers uh, during this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. No surprises, uh, Kohli finished on top of the table with 765 runs, followed by his teammate Rohit Sharma with 597, De Kock 594, Ravinda 578, Mitchell 552, uh, Warner 535, Ayer, 530. Rahul, 452. Van der Dusen, 448. 
and Mitchell Marsh rounded out the top 10 of the leading run scorers with 441. Let's have a look at the leading wicket takers from this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. And let's have a look at how the bowlers uh, went about uh, things in this tournament. No surprises, Mohamed Shami was the leading wicket taker for the tournament with 24 wickets. He was followed by Zampa with 23, Marashanka with 21, Bumrah and Coetzee with 20, uh, Shaheen Shah Afridi with 18, Janssen 17, and Jadeja, Hazelwood and Satna round out the table, finishing with 16 wickets apiece. And uh, those are the top 10 leading wicket-takers from this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. Let's have a look at the most dismissals by a wicket-keeper in this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. Quentin de Kock was on the top of the table for the most dismissals by a wicket-keeper in this World Cup with 20, followed by Rahul with 17, Inglis with 16, Edwards with 15, Butler and Rizwan got 11 dismissals each. Latham with 9. Ali Kill and Mendes with 7 dismissals each. And Klaassen and Rahim rounded out the table with 5 dismissals each. So that's the top 10 most dismissals by a wicketkeeper in this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. Let's have a look at the most catches from this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023, the top 10 best fielders in this tournament. Daryl Mitchell finished on top of the table with 11 catches, followed by Labashane and Warner with eight catches. Then Miller and Jadeja with seven catches and Stokes, Inglebrink, Gill, Conway and Stark all finished with six catches each to round out the table. So that's the top 10 most catches by a fielder in this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. Let's have a look at the ICC Cricket World Cup 2023 semi-final and final results from the tournament. And uh, the first semi-final was played between India and New Zealand from the 1KD Stadium. And India won by 70 runs. Player of the match was Mohamed Shami. The second semi-final was played between South Africa and Australia from Eden Gardens. Australia won by three wickets, and the player of the match was Travis Head. And the final of the ICC Cricket World Cup 2023 was India versus Australia from the Narendra Modi Stadium in Ahmedabad. And Australia won by six wickets, and the player of the match was Travis Head. And Australia were crowned ICC Cricket World Cup 2023 champions. And the player of the tournament was Virat Kohli. Let's have a look at the team's performances during this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023 and talk about how all the 10 teams performed in the tournament and where did it go right and go wrong for all the 10 teams. First of all, we'll start with the champions of the World Cup for 2023. We'll start with Australia and talk about their performance in this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. Well, for Australia, what an achievement to win their sixth Cricket World Cup title. World record uh, Cricket World Cup title, number six. Um, and this one's probably the sweetest of them all for Australia. Um, it was a tournament that was up and down. Up and down, they were inconsistent. They didn't play their best cricket at times. It wasn't the most prettiest campaign. 
They struggled at times, but they managed to get the job done and win. And that was the the way that Australia went about things in this tournament. Um, they did enough. They just did enough to win. And uh, they were able to come, come out on top and defeat India in the final, which is a magnificent achievement. The enormity of the achievement as well. You know, India, the informed team of the tournament, to beat them in the final, uh, to silence the crowd um, in Ahmedabad, which they did, in the world's biggest cricket stadium. You could hear a pin drop. It just shows you how well they played in that final, and they played magnificently. Um, so let's talk about Australia, how they went on to win this World Cup. Well, obviously, Australia, they are the champions of the World Cup for 2023. That was the result for them in this, in this tournament. They finished on top. They were crowned champions of the world. In the group stage, they won seven games and lost two. Leading run scorer was David Warner with 535 runs. Leading wicket-taker was Adam Zampa with 23 wickets. Let's have a look at their results in the group stage and the semi-final and the final. Well, they got off to a, a very bad start, Australia. They lost the first two games. They lost to India by six wickets. They lost to South Africa by 134 runs. But after those two losses, Australia were on a winning streak. And from then on in, they were... They were able to go on and win the World Cup, and they didn't lose a single game. They won against uh, Sri Lanka by five wickets. They won against Pakistan by 62 runs. They won against the Netherlands by 309 runs. They won against New Zealand in a very close match by five runs up there in Dalamashala. They won against the arch rivals in England by 33 runs. They defeated Afghanistan in, in a crazy game of cricket. Glenn Maxwell doing what he did, scoring that 200. They won by three wickets. And they defeated Bangladesh by eight wickets to finish off the group stage and book a place in the semi-finals. But for Australia, they really turned it on in the semi-final against South Africa. The second semi-final against South Africa, they won that game by three wickets. They book a, booked a place in the final and they saved their best game for last in the final. They defeated India by six wickets to win Cricket World Cup number six. And that's how Australia went on to win this tournament. Um, if we're honest, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, when Australia lost the first two games against India and South Africa, none and two, people thought, oh, the team's not playing good cricket, uh, they're struggling, the batting was a problem, the middle order was a problem, batting collapses, the bowling was poor, the fielding was atro atrocious, let's be honest, the fielding was dreadful. You know, in the first two games against India and South Africa, they dropped many, many catches. I think in the game against South Africa, they dropped six, I think. So it just shows you where Australia were at at the start of the tournament. But then to go on a bit of a winning streak after that, they won seven games in a row to qualify for the semifinals. And then they won the semifinal. That's eight wins in a row. And they won the final, which is nine in a row. So to win nine games in a row after losing the first two, it just shows you how good Australia are in tournaments. They were peaking at the right time. Uh, the campaign for Australia... It wasn't the greatest campaign in terms of flawless performance. You know, every game was a challenge. But as I said earlier, they did enough to win. It wasn't the prettiest. They did enough. You know, the game against Afghanistan is an example. They were gone in that match. They were 7 for 97. Glenn Maxwell walks in and smashes 201, not out. And probably plays one of the best innings we've ever seen in one-day cricket. And certainly for Australia, it's one of the greatest comebacks ever. Australia were gone in that match and they won. So it just shows you that Australia, as the tournament progressed, they started to believe and believe 
the fielding got better and better, and it definitely got better in the semi-final and final. The, those fielding performances were outstanding. Um, and then you could see the batting and the bowling start to improve. And Pat Cummins getting better as a captain. Uh, he made good decisions. He made he was a good leader. You know, he led from the front with the ball. His decision-making uh, paid off. And um, Australia were just able to combine together for a good team effort and, and, and win this tournament. Um, but as I said, the, the final, what an achievement that is. The enormity of the achievement to win against India in a World Cup final in India. You know, Australia saved their best game to last. They were absolutely superb in that final. They bowled superbly. They fielded superbly. That really set the turn. Travis Head took a good catch of Rohit Sharma um, off Glenn Maxwell's bowling. That pretty much changed the course of the Indian innings. India, they couldn't go anywhere with the bat. They couldn't score a boundary. You know, the boundaries were very rare for them in that innings. And what about Travis Head in the final? Outstanding 100. A brilliant century in the final for him to, to do that in a World Cup final. Given that Travis Head didn't even play the start of the tournament because of a broken hand, the selectors kept the faith. They said, no, we want Travis Head in the squad. And look what he does. He scored 100 against New Zealand in that game at Dalamashala. And then towards the back end of the tournament, the semi-final against South Africa, he, he blasted a 60-odd, which pretty much got him the player of the match. And it was important for Australia in that run chase because Australia collapsed in the they weren't convincing in that run chase, but that innings was such a crucial innings to get Australia off to a good start chasing 213. And then in the final, where Australia were three down for 47, they lost Warner, they lost Marsh, they lost Smith, Steve Smith. He, he uh, didn't review an LBW that was, pitch, uh, that was impact outside the line of off stump. But for Travis Head to come in with Marnus Labuschagne, let's not forget Marnus's contribution as well. Um, those two put on a good partnership. Travis Head produced one of the greatest innings that we've seen in World Cup cricket. Certainly in a World Cup final, to do that uh, was pretty amazing. And then for, for Australia to win the whole thing after there were none and two, it just many people thought they were gone and that was the end of the Australian team in this World Cup. Oh, it's going to be another poor World Cup. It's going to be like 2011 all over again where Australia struggled in India in these conditions, but they, they were able to define the odds and get the job done, which is fantastic. You know, the, you know, you have a look at this team, you know, the likes of Warner, the likes of Smith, Marsh, Head, uh, Josh Inglis uh, really stood up in this World Cup. Marnus played some good innings. On the batting side of things, uh, was pretty good. And also on the bowling side of things, you got the likes of Zampa. What about Adam Zampa? He struggled at the start of the tournament, but then he was able to pick up wickets and really turn it on for Australia. Australia took a bit of a risk selecting just the one spinner, and obviously that was Adam Zampa. They kept the faith in him. He got the job done. Also, Glenn Maxwell being the second spinner, he did his role superbly in this World Cup. He bowled very tidy. He got a few wickets along the way as well. He got the big wicket of Rohit Sharma in the final. And then you have the three main quicks, Cummins, Stark, and Hazewood, quality and class. And, and Australia... They were able to bounce back. They were able to turn it on when they needed to. And it was just a fantastic achievement. What this team have achieved over the last few years as a team in general, uh, the core group of the of the team. They've played in WTC, uh, obviously that final against India, which they won. 
Obviously, Pat Cummins as captain, winning the WTC, winning, well, retaining the Ashes, and now winning the World Cup as captain. You know, this Australian team has had a pretty good period of it of late in terms of achievements. And the enormity of this achievement in this World Cup is a big one. And I think many people don't realise what this team has achieved in this World Cup. You know, they've turned it around. Australia just know how to win World Cups. It's in the DNA. Look at the previous World Cup wins in 1987. Many people didn't give Australia a chance. 1999, which is a little bit similar to 2023. Australia lost the first two games, but they went on to win that World Cup in 1999 under Steve Waugh. And then you have Ponting in 2003, 2007. They didn't lose a single game. They were dominant. Those World Cup wins were great, and they all had different challenges and stories. But this World Cup had many different challenges and stories. And I think this one, Australia had to earn this one. Um, they had to earn it. And they certainly earned it. And, and they played really well. And pff, nothing more to say, really, because it was just a, a fantastic achievement to turn things around when there were none and two to win seven games to qualify for the semis in a row, then to win the semi-final and the final, to win nine games in a row after losing the first two is a fantastic achievement. And to defeat India in their backyard is is one hell of an achievement. So to finish up about Australia, it was a tournament that wasn't their best tournament in terms of their cricket, in terms of the flawless performance. But it didn't matter. They, they did enough to win. They scraped through. Uh, they played their best cricket when they needed to in the semi-final and the final. They stood up. Key players stood up. Uh, key batters, key bowlers stood up. The fielding was superb and on point. And they were able to do enough. They were able to, to deal with the pressure better of the final than India. And they were able to play their best game in the final and win another World Cup. So I think for Australia, looking back on this World Cup, I think they'll be very proud of their efforts um, and they'll be very proud that as a team they've achieved something that has, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people talking in terms of beating India in their own backyard. That's no easy achievement. That's, that's, a, that's a great achievement and um, they should be proud of their efforts in this World Cup and no doubt every single player of the squad will be very proud of how they played in this World Cup to contribute to Australia winning and becoming champions of this World Cup for 2023. Let's have a look at India and their performance in this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023 and talk about their campaign and how they performed throughout this World Cup. For India, they'll be disappointed, India. Uh, they couldn't get it done in the final after a dominant uh, performance in the group stage and in the semi-final against New Zealand. They weren't able to get it done in the final. And they'll be bitterly disappointed, India, because they played some outstanding cricket in this whole tournament. They were dominant. The batting was strong. The bowling was strong. The fielding was good. Rohit Sharma led from the front very well. Unfortunately, in the game that mattered the most, which was the final, unfortunately, Australia outplayed them, and they did. They really did. India had no answers to handle the pressure, the relentless pressure from Australia with the bat, with the ball, and in the field. And they fell short by six wickets. So, yeah, disappointing for India. Home World Cup. Everyone had expectations that India could do it again like they did in 2011, but it wasn't to be. But uh, let's talk about their performance overall in this tournament. For India, 
They finished up as runners-up in this World Cup. That was their result from this tournament. In the group stage, they won nine games from nine, didn't lose a single game at all. They were undefeated. Leading run scorer was Virat Kohli with 765 runs. Leading wicket-taker was Mohamed Shami with 24 wickets for the tournament. Let's have a look at India's results in the group stage and in the semi-final and in the final. Well, Australia, uh, Australia was their first game, India, and they won that game by six wickets to kick off the tournament off a good note. Um, then they won against Afghanistan by eight wickets. They won against Pakistan by seven wickets. They won against Bangladesh by seven wickets. They won against New Zealand by four wickets. They defeated England by 100 runs. They defeated Sri Lanka by 302 runs. They defeated South Africa by 243 runs, the other informed team of this tournament. And in the last game of the group stage, they defeated the Netherlands by 160 runs. In the first semi-final, they defeated New Zealand by 70 runs. And in the final of the World Cup against Australia, they lost by six wickets. And that was the game that, is, that India didn't win, didn't quite get the job uh, done on that occasion. So that's how India performed in this World Cup. As I said, they should be proud of their efforts, India. But the same problem that's always plagued India is how do we do well in knockout matches? And it's another World Cup that they've fallen short. And yet again, people have started to question uh, what they've done to improve that sort of side of their game. It's sort of a mental barrier, really. Um, nothing to do with the skills, nothing to do with the talent. It's just more of the mental side of the game that they've struggled with in knockout matches and they've fallen short and that's what's happened. Um, so they're bitterly disappointed. You can see after the final, when they lost that game against Australia, you could see they were bitterly disappointed. As you, as you will be when you lose a, a, a final of a World Cup, you'll be very disappointed. Their fans were disappointed as well. Um, at the end of the day, it's only a game of cricket. There's got to be a winner and a loser and unfortunately India... We're on the losing side. Australia played very well. You can't take that away from Australia. They played really good cricket in the final. And they just know how to win World Cups. Whereas India, they struggle with that. They struggle with dealing with that sort of pressure. And I think that just came down to it. The pressure, the relentless pressure from Australia's bowlers and fielding and the batting of Travis Head and Marnus Labuschagne in that partnership just pretty much um, put India on the back foot really in that final. Um, but they, they had such a good tournament, you know, to win 10 games on the trot, unfortunately lost the final, but to win 10 games in a home World Cup, dealing with that sort of pressure and expectation on the entire nation, it's such a big country, India, there's a lot of weight, a lot of pressure on your shoulders when you play for India, but I think the players handled that well, up until the final, where it sort of went downhill. Um, as I said, they should be proud of their efforts, you know, you have a look at their batting, you have a look at their bowling. It was just dominant. Virat Kohli, you know, what a World Cup he had. The player of the tournament, 765 runs, the most runs in the tournament. Rohit Sharma, uh, 597 runs. Uh, Shreyas Iyer, 530. Kaya Rahul, 452. Shubman Gill, he didn't even play at the start of the tournament and he scored 350 runs. Just shows how strong their batting w was. And their bowling. Their bowling was top-notch. It was high quality. Mohamed Shami, leading wicket-taker for the tournament, 24 wickets. Then you had Bumrah with 20. Jadeja and Kuldeep Yadav with 16 and 15 wickets, respectively. And then you had Mohamed Siraj with 14. That was pretty much the bowling attack for India. 
throughout this whole campaign. And they bowled really well. They kept it simple. They just bowled a good line and length as you would in Test cricket. And Mohamed Shabi was the standout. So, you know, their, their batting and bowling was dominant. Their fielding was good. Rohit Sharma led the team well in terms of his leadership. Even though they didn't get it done in the final, I think India should be very proud of their efforts in this tournament. Because they played some outstanding cricket. They just, at the end of the day, the last hurdle, they couldn't get over that hurdle. And Australia were just too good. So I think for India, looking back on this tournament, they'll be disappointed. But they should be happy about their efforts in terms, yeah, we achieved a lot as a team. You know, some individual achievements. Virat Kohli, for example, scoring 50 ODI hundreds. You know, going past Sachin Tendulkar's record in front of Sachin Tendulkar in the semi-final against New Zealand in Mumbai. That was a that was a historical moment, which many of the Indian team and probably even Sachin Tendulkar himself will probably remember for a long time. The day that Virat Kohli broke the record for the most ODI hundreds. Um, so they've achieved a lot in this World Cup, India. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get it done. So for India, overall, their tournament was was pretty good. They dominated. It was their World Cup to win. They were the team to beat. Going into the final against Australia, everyone thought it was going to be India's to win. But it didn't happen. Australia were just too good. They know how to win World Cups. They know how to get the job done. And unfortunately for India, the weight for an ICC Cricket World Cup continues. Um... But they are capable. They are capable. They've, they've got such a good talent pool of players that they can rely on. So no doubt India will be back at the business end of the tournament in four years' time. They'll definitely contest for the next World Cup. Um, it's just a matter of time before they win one. You know, they've got a good side. It's just about trying to get better in those pressure moments. If they do that, then they're more than capable of winning a World Cup or two in the next few years. Um, but to finish off about India... Um, they'll be they'll be pretty proud of their efforts, but they'll be disappointed at the same time that in the game that mattered the most in the final against Australia, they just weren't good enough and they just couldn't get the job done to claim another World Cup title. Let's have a look at South Africa and talk about their Cricket World Cup performance in 2023 in India. And for South Africa, it was a World Cup that they achieved a lot. Unfortunately, yet again, they reached the semi-final against Australia and they weren't able to get the job done. And um, they would have been bitterly disappointed at that result, and they were. Um, so South Africa in this tournament, they played some really good cricket, but up until the business end of the tournament, the semi-final against Australia, yet again, people will mention the word choking and all that stuff, just didn't quite handle that pressure and um, they fell short. But they had a really good tournament, South Africa, probably one of their best Cricket World Cup tournaments in a very long time. Um, many people thought they would struggle in this tournament and probably not qualify for the for the semis, but they proved everyone wrong. Their batting was very strong and their bowling was very good as well. Um, so let's talk about their performance in this World Cup. Um, obviously, semi-finalists was their result in this tournament in 2023. In the group stage, they won seven games and lost two. Leading run scorer was Quentin de Kock with 594 runs. Leading wicket-taker was Gerald Coetzea with 20 wickets. And let's have a look at their results during the group stage and the semi-final. Um, their first game of the tournament was a, was a pretty good first game against Sri Lanka. Um, they won by 102 runs. Then they 
defeated Australia by 134 runs. Then they lost to the Netherlands by 38 runs in a bit of a shock loss against the Dutch. Then they bounced back well against England, winning by 229 runs. They won against Bangladesh by 149 runs. They had that wonderful game against Pakistan, where they won by a wicket. They won against New Zealand by 190 runs. And then up against the host nation in India, they lost pretty badly. Um, they lost by 243 runs. And in the last game of the group stage, before the semi-final, uh, they, they won against Afghanistan by five wickets. In the second semi-final against Australia, they lost by three wickets and they were completely outplayed by Australia in that semi-final. Um, so yeah, so that's how South Africa went about things in this World Cup. And um, I think for South Africa, they should be proud of their efforts. Um, as I mentioned, good batting, good bowling, their top order, middle order, the likes of de Kock, Miller, Klaassen, van der Dusen, Aidan Markram, the captain, Temba Bavuma, didn't really do much in this World Cup, really. Uh, but, you know, their batting was pretty strong in this World Cup. Their bowling was pretty good as well. Gerald Kotsia, he was a bit of an unknown going into this World Cup. But he ended up taking the most wickets for, for South Africa in this campaign. Um, then you had Marco Janssen, Rabada and Ningidi who did their job. So they had all bases covered, South Africa. Their fielding was pretty good as well. Um, you know, they've had some challenges in this World Cup. Obviously, the shock loss to the Netherlands. Um, chasing, also the game against India. They struggled as well, chasing. Well, they got bowled out for 80-odd um, at Eden Gardens. And then in the semi-final against Australia, they weren't able to get it done. The pressure that Australia applied on them, you know, with the fielding and with the bowling, uh, really put South Africa back in that semi-final. So I think South Africa would be disappointed again, knowing that, we worked so hard. We played some good cricket, good performances with bat and ball. Um, and then they had a few setbacks. Obviously, the game against the Netherlands, the game against India, um, and also the semi-final loss to Australia. I, I think they should be proud of, the, of their efforts. And I think as a team, when they look back, they say, yeah, we're disappointed that we didn't go through to the final and after we played some, some good cricket. It wasn't meant to be. But we should be very proud. And knowing that, you know, this team has certainly improved, um, and they certainly improved as the tournament progressed. They achieved a lot of great things, South Africa. Um, obviously, the next World Cup is in 2027. That will be in South Africa, Namibia, and Zimbabwe. And that will be a good opportunity for South Africa to, to target and look to, to do well at a home World Cup. I think the team that they've got, yes, some of them are getting on a bit in age, and they'll have to try different players. But I think for South Africa, it's a matter of time before they win a tournament. Um, they were so close in, in 2023. They were so close, but Australia were just too good in that semi-final. So I think for the home World Cup for South Africa in 2027, I think they'll be firm favourites to, to definitely contest the home World Cup in South Africa and definitely win it. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be in 2023. But as I mentioned, they should be proud of their efforts. And they should, because they've achieved a lot, South Africa, um, you know, and, and they've played some really good cricket um, from start to finish. Um, so, yeah, to finish up about South Africa, yeah, it, it was a good campaign, but they fell short at the last hurdle. And it's something that South Africa will need to try and fix. Uh, how, do we, how do we win knockout matches? How do we go past that next hurdle? Um, obviously, in this semi-final against Australia in this World Cup, 
they fell short dramatically. They were outplayed. Pretty pretty simple they were. Um, so for South Africa going forward, yes, we are capable of, of going deep in a tournament, but how do we overcome that last hurdle and how do we go on and win the whole thing? So I think for South Africa, they'll take a lot of learnings from this World Cup, but I think at the same time, they should be proud of their efforts and performances because they've achieved a lot as a team and they played some pretty good cricket throughout this World Cup and they should be very proud of that. Let's have a look at New Zealand and talk about their performance in this World Cup for 2023. Um, it was a bit of an up and down World Cup for New Zealand. A World Cup campaign that was plagued by injuries, uh, the team losing games and facing uh elimination and not really qualifying for the semi-finals but New Zealand found a way as they always do to try and qualify for the semis which they did unfortunately they weren't able to get the job done against India but they gave it a good fight in that semi-final uh, so for New Zealand yet again another World Cup unfortunately they weren't able to go on and play in another final um, they've already played in the last two finals of the World Cup 2015 2019 didn't win both of them against Australia and England in those finals. This World Cup, to make it to the third semi-final in a row, um, is a great achievement. But they'll be disappointed that they weren't able to get the job done. So let's talk about their performance in this World Cup and how they went about their business. Well, their result in this World Cup, they finished up as semi-finalists. In the group stage, they won five games and lost four. Leading run scorer was Ratchan Ravinder with 578 runs. Leading wicket taker was Mitchell Satner with 16 wickets. Uh, New Zealand started the tournament off in good style. They, they won convincingly over England by 9 wickets. They won against the Netherlands by 99 runs. They won against Bangladesh by 8 wickets. They won against Afghanistan by 149 runs. And then all of a sudden New Zealand went on a bit of a losing streak um, actually after that. After a very good start. They started to lose games and they were in a bit of a slump. Uh, they lost to India by four wickets. They lost to Australia by five runs in a very close run chase and match up there in Dalamashala. They lost to South Africa by 190 runs. They also lost to Pakistan by 21 runs on Duckworth-Lewis method. And in, in the final game of the group stage, they won against Sri Lanka by five wickets. And that was able to submit New Zealand a spot in the semi-final. And then in the first semi-final against India, they lost by 70 runs and they weren't able to go through to the final. So that's how New Zealand performed in this World Cup overall. As I said, a bit of a contrasting World Cup for New Zealand. They started really well and then towards the back end of the tournament, they were on a losing streak and, you know, facing um, elimination and not qualifying for the semis. But they found a way, as they, as they always do, New Zealand. Um... Obviously for them, at the end of the day, the injuries uh, to certain players, Kane Williamson didn't play most of the games because Kane Williamson, obviously coming into this World Cup, he was under some doubt because of that knee injury that he picked up in the IPL this year, whether or not he was going to play in this World Cup. So he managed to, to get ready for the World Cup. Um, he played a few games up front, wasn't able to, to play a, another few games after that because... Um, he picked up another injury, Kane Williamson, which was a fractured thumb. And it was pretty innocuous. It wasn't when batting. It was pretty much running between the wickets. And the, the, the fielder threw the ball back uh, to Kane Williamson's end. 
and unfortunately Kane Williamson copped the ball on the thumb and he was out with a fractured thumb. Tim, uh, sorry, Tom Latham had to captain the side. Uh, also other injuries to other bowlers like Matt Henry had to go um, because of a, a hamstring injury. Lockie Ferguson had his injuries. Uh, Tim Southey had an injury to his finger or thumb uh, before the tournament started. So um, New Zealand had some, some injuries and, and in the end, obviously for New Zealand, uh, they just ran out of steam, I think. Uh, just ran out of puff. And the energy, um, pretty much that was all uh, New Zealand were doing in terms of trying to keep in this tournament. They used a lot of energy. A um, lot of lot of players uh, had to play because certain injuries to to players. So I think they just ran out of steam at the end, New Zealand, and they weren't able to to get the job done against India. Obviously, India were playing some good cricket, and it was always going to be hard for them in that semi final. But they played pretty well. Um, but as I said, for New Zealand, yet again another World Cup where New Zealand don't win another World Cup. But to make it to three semi-finals in a row, 2015, 2019, and 2023, to make it to the semi-finals on three occasions in a row consecutively, I think is a good effort from New Zealand. But the disappointing factor would be is that we weren't able to win um, a World Cup in those three in those three World Cups. They played in the final in 2015, 2019. Obviously, lost to Australia, lost to England, as we know at Lords in that famous game. 2023. Uh, they, they struggled and, and they fought their way to the semis. Um, their batting and bowling was good at times. Obviously, Ratchin Ravinder has been a revelation for New Zealand in this World Cup. A very young, exciting talent. He he batted well. Daryl Mitchell played well um, on the batting side of things. Kane Williamson, you know, played some good knocks here and there. Uh, you know, and, and their other batters like Tom Latham, Glenn Phillips didn't really have great World Cups. Um, in terms of their bowling, Mitchell Satner was good. He, he was probably the best bowler, being the leading wicket-taker. Uh, Tim Southey, Trent Bolt had some good games, but struggled. Matt Henry, when he played, uh, before he got injured, he did pretty well. Um, and, and New Zealand, at times, struggled with the, uh, with the ball. Also, Lockie Ferguson went for some rounds, didn't really have an impact that New Zealand would have wanted in this campaign. So, as I said for New Zealand, it was a a bit of an up-and-down tournament. But they're a team that always comes back and fight hard, and, and that's what they did. Um, obviously, for New Zealand, they had their opportunities. They had their moments in this World Cup that they could have grabbed. You know, the game against Australia, for example, you know, losing that game at Dalamashala by five runs in that run chase, chasing 380, was a, was a very good game of cricket, and they nearly got over the line there. Um, unfortunately... It didn't go their way. So for New Zealand, they should be proud of their efforts knowing that we, we made it to the semifinals again. But they'll be bitterly disappointed that they didn't go on and, you know, make a good effort of it. Uh, they got outplayed by India in the semifinal. Obviously, India were the team to beat at the time. Um, they were up against it. But they gave it a good fight nonetheless. So um, for New Zealand overall, um, their World Cup campaign, it was... it presented challenges. Uh, we saw um, the likes of Ratchin Ravinder really announce himself to the world. Uh, the batting was good at times, then struggled. Same with the bowling. Um, so I think New Zealand, they'll be disappointed, but they should be proud of their efforts, knowing that they gave it a good go. Unfortunately, wasn't meant to be in 2023.
Let's have a look at Pakistan and talk about their performance in this 2023 World Cup in India. Well, uh, another disappointing Cricket World Cup for Pakistan. A, a very typical Pakistan performance, especially in the World Cup. Um, they had an opportunity to qualify for the semis. They were challenged. Um, in the end, they didn't quite overcome that challenge to qualify for the semi-finals. Um, so their result in this World Cup, they finished in fifth place in the group stage. And that was their result in this World Cup in 2023. In the group stage, they won four games and lost five out of the nine. Lean run scorer was Mohamed Rizwan with 395 runs. Lean wicket taker was Shaheen Shah Afridi with 18 wickets. Their results in the group stage were as follows. They won against the Netherlands by 81 runs. They won against Sri Lanka by 6 wickets. They lost to India by 7 wickets. They lost to Australia by 62 runs. They lost to Afghanistan by 8 wickets. They lost to South Africa by 1 wicket. They won against Bangladesh by 7 wickets. They won against New Zealand by 21 runs on Duckworth-Lewis method. And the last game against England, they lost by 93 runs. So that just tells you the story about Pakistan in this World Cup. Very inconsistent. And in the end, uh, couldn't get the job done. And, and the problem for, for Pakistan um, in this World Cup is that when they lost those four, four games in a row, when they lost against India, Australia, Afghanistan, and that was a, another shock loss, um, and South Africa, they lost four games on the trot. You know, it was very hard for them to recover and come back for, from that to qualify for the semis. But they gave it a good go, I suppose. Um, they won against Bangladesh. They won against New Zealand. The weather helped them out in that game, obviously. But the last game, the net run rate wasn't their friend. They had to make up a load of load of runs. They had to beat England by a convincing margin to to go into the top four. It didn't help when New Zealand won against Sri Lanka for them. And unfortunately, you know, Pakistan, you know, pretty much were out of it. Um, so they gave themselves too much to do. Um, and they put that on themselves, really, because they didn't play good enough cricket. And they lost games which they shouldn't have lost. And they shouldn't have lost key games and key moments. And that was the problem. And that's, and that's why Pakistan struggled in this World Cup. Babar Azam didn't have the World Cup that Pakistan would have hoped. Um, he struggled as captain as well. Obviously, now he's resigned as captain. He's no longer captain of Pakistan now because he's uh, stood down from that following the fallout from this World Cup. Um, so they they did struggle, Pakistan. Their batting struggled as a unit. Their bowling struggled. Their seamers and their spinners. Their spinners in particular struggled uh, as well, especially in these conditions in India and the subcontinent. You expect the spinners to do well, but they struggled. So... No one really clicked. The team didn't really click. There was no no cohesion, no consistency in their cricket. And and that's where, where they were pretty much let down, really. Um, in every department of the game, they, they were poor. Also, their fielding was, was pretty poor as well at times. We saw some good performances in the field by Pakistan, but other times their fielding was poor. They dropped catches. And they misfielded. They didn't have a great time of it in the field at times so it goes back to what I said you know it was a another typical Pakistan performance in a World Cup which was really up and down and and no one really clicked um so nothing more to say about Pakistan really it was a it was a very poor cricket World Cup and they'll be very disappointed 
uh, about their about their performance, Pakistan. They could have done better, and they've got some good players. They've got some players who are talented and skilled. But unfortunately, during this World Cup, they weren't able to get the job done. They weren't able to win when they needed to. And that was their problem in this World Cup. They just didn't click as a team, and, and uh, they'll be bitterly disappointed with their performance in this World Cup. Let's have a look at Afghanistan and talk about their performance in this World Cup for 2023 in India. Um, Afghanistan, what a World Cup for Afghanistan. I, I think they've, they've had their best World Cup by far, and, and um, most people would agree with that. Afghanistan played some good cricket in this tournament. Um, that reflected in the way they played. That reflected in the results during this tournament. And they finished in sixth place in the group stage. And that was their result in this World Cup for 2023. In the group stage, they won four games and lost five. Leading run scorer was Ibrahim Sadran with 376 runs. Leading wicket taker was Rashid Khan with 11 wickets. And the results in the tournament in the, in the group stage, they lost to Bangladesh by six wickets. They lost to India by eight wickets. That wonderful win over England. No one expected that. They won by 69 runs. They lost to New Zealand by 149 runs. They won against Pakistan by eight wickets. They won against Sri Lanka by seven wickets. They won against the Netherlands by seven wickets as well. And uh, Afghanistan were building nicely. They had a chance to qualify for the semifinals. But unfortunately, that opportunity was, was pretty much gone in the game against Australia. Glenn Maxwell did what he did. And they lost that game by three wickets, Afghanistan. And then the final game of the group stage for them was against South Africa. They lost by five wickets. So for Afghanistan, you know, they should be proud of their achievements in this World Cup. I think they've really come of age as a cricket team. Um, I think... Many people would, would say, coming into this World Cup, many people thought Afghanistan weren't going to win a game of cricket at all. Many people thought, eh, you know, they'd be competitive. They may struggle, and they probably have the same result as they did in 2019. In 2019, out of the nine games they played in that World Cup, they lost all nine of them. But four years later, to come to India in 2023, four years later, to win four games and lost five, I think that's a pretty good result. And I think the influences... Um, has really come from Jonathan Trott, really. Jonathan Trott, former England player, international, very very methodical in his way um, in terms of playing the game. He was like that as well, very structured. Um, he's really instilled all the advice and knowledge and tips that he's gained along the way to this Afghanistan team. Under his coaching, under his leadership, he's built a team that has really improved dramatically. Um, we saw that in this World Cup. Highlights for Afghanistan in this World Cup. Well, the win against England, what a win that was. A bit of a shock to everyone. No one expected that. But obviously, given how poorly England were playing, I think it wasn't a surprise in the end, really. But it was on that, on that occasion. Uh, to win by 69 runs over England was a fantastic achievement by this, um, this Afghanistan team. That was an amazing win. And then to win... Three games in a row against Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and the Netherlands. That was unbelievable, just to see them go on that winning streak. And then, unfortunately, it was ended by Australia and what Glenn Maxwell did, obviously. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, a little bit later. But, um, you know, for Afghanistan, they've got a lot of things to be proud of in this World Cup. Um, 
what really impressed me the most about Afghanistan was their batting. Their batting was was pretty good. Um, during the games against, well, first of all, during the games against um, the 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 Netherlands, the game against uh, Pakistan in particular, their run chasing was methodical. It was clinical. They played accordingly to the situations. And that game against Pakistan was probably their best game in terms of chasing a, a total. They were chasing, you know, 282, and they and they did it eight down um, to win that game. Uh, two for 286 uh, was very clinical. They won with an over to spare. Um, so their run chasing, even the game against Sri Lanka, their run chasing was good as well. Um, even against the Netherlands, it was good as well. They were chasing a low target of 179, but in the end, they got the job done. So that what impressed me the most about Afghanistan in this World Cup is their ability with the bat to chase down totals and targets, and they did it quite comfortably. I think Afghanistan back in the past, you know, with Afghanistan's batting, I think many people would say Afghanistan will probably struggle, they'll probably have a batting collapse, they'll probably get bowled out for a low score. But in this World Cup, we didn't see that from Afghanistan. We didn't see that. Yes, when they were playing against the top-ranked teams like a, a South Africa and in India, for example, they did struggle a bit with the bat. But in the other games that they played, their batting was pretty was pretty good. It was pretty solid. Um, they worked hard on their batting. And we didn't see the many batting collapses as we would have seen from Afghanistan in the past, which is a fantastic sign that they're learning, developing getting better in that aspect of the game. Their bowling was was pretty good at times as well, obviously led by Rashid Khan, obviously the, the leader in the bowling attack, but also their their quicks as well. You know, the likes of Naveen Al-Haq, Faruqi were pretty good, um, and they took wickets, so they really stood up in the crunch moments. So, you know, Afghanistan, their, their cricket is starting to come together. They're batting them and bowling. Their fielding needs a little bit of work, obviously. And we saw that at times in this World Cup from Afghanistan. Their fielding was a little bit sloppy, um, especially in the game against Australia, where they lost. Obviously, Glenn Maxwell did what he did. Um, obviously, Majib dropping the catch of Glenn Maxwell was an indication that they probably need to work on that aspect of their game a bit more, the fielding. But I think for, for Afghanistan, the batting and bowling side are coming along together. But it's just the... The fielding that needs work, as I mentioned, with the Majib drop with Glenn Maxwell in that game. Um, you know, some outstanding achievements with bat and ball from Afghanistan. Look at Ibrahim Sadran. In that game against Australia, he scored the first ever Cricket World Cup century for Afghanistan in a World Cup. And I think that was a very historical moment for him and also for Afghanistan. And to do it against Australia one of the best teams of the world, and obviously went on to win the tournament, of course, um, was a fantastic achievement. Um, so Ibrahim will definitely remember that for a long time. Um, for Afghanistan, they had an opportunity to qualify for the semifinals. The game against Australia, they had that game in their palm of their hands. They had Australia seven down for 97. And then enters Glenn Maxwell, who comes in, smashes 201 not out and wins Australia the game from nowhere. And Afghanistan, they did so many things right in that game against Australia. I think if Afghanistan look back on this World Cup, 
they will say, you know what, the game against Australia is where we had our opportunity and we weren't able to grasp it. Um, they dropped, as I said before, obviously Glenn Maxwell was dropped by Majib. Uh, that was a costly drop catch. The fielding and the tactics were wrong by Shahidi, the captain. They could have done better, but it's a high-pressure situation. It's easier said than done in hindsight. But, you know, the important thing is that they'll definitely learn from that experience and how can we do better next time. So if they look back on this World Cup, they say, yes, we had a great World Cup. We won four games, but the game against Australia was the one that got away. And all because of Glenn Maxwell and down to some fielding um, misfields and drop catches, but also poor tactics cost us that game. Um, so apart from that, and to wrap up about Afghanistan, um, overall, I, th I think they'll be proud of their efforts. And, and they should be because they played some good cricket. And I think many of the teams around the world will take Afghanistan. They won't take them lightly. Uh, they will know that we're in a contest against Afghanistan and we have to play our best cricket. And we saw that in this World Cup. And um, I think this World Cup has definitely uh, shown everyone that Afghanistan quick cricket um, has really improved over the years since they've entered the international game. And it's really improved. And uh, it's, it's improved dramatically uh, under the coaching of Jonathan Trott in particular. So Afghanistan, I, I think they'll be very proud of their efforts. And they should be because they've achieved a lot of great things in this World Cup. Let's have a look at England and talk about England's performance in this uh, World Cup for 2023 and talk about uh, their performance and, and how they went about things. Well, for England, it was a disappointing World Cup campaign from the defending champions from 2019. I don't think we've ever seen a worse title defence in Cricket World Cup history because it pretty was, it, it was pretty poor. It had to be said. Um, it reflected in the way they played their cricket and their result in this World Cup. They finished in seventh place on the points table in this uh, World Cup. That was their result, England, in this year's World Cup. Um, in the group stage, they won three games and lost six. Leading run, run scorer was Darwin Milan with 404 runs. Leading wicket taker was Adil Rashid with 15 wickets. And um, their results in this uh, group stage of the World Cup paints a story, paints a picture and tells a story of how poorly England played. The first game against New Zealand, they lost heavily by nine wickets. They won against Bangladesh by 137 runs. They, they sort of bounced back, but from then on in, it sort of went downhill. They lost against Afghanistan by 69 runs, a very shock upset in this World Cup. Then they lost to South Africa by 229 runs, which was a big loss in Mumbai. Uh, they lost to Sri Lanka by eight wickets. They lost to India by 100 runs, where they were pretty much on top in that game against India, but then didn't capitalise. Then they lost to the rivals in Australia by 33 runs. They had a good win over the Netherlands by 160 runs. And they won against Pakistan by 93 runs to wrap up their tournament. A little bit too late by England's point of view. Um, so that's how England performed in this World Cup overall. A terrible World Cup, really. You know, the batting and bowling didn't fire at all. All the players looked out of form. Uh, there was a lot of rumblings behind the scenes. Um, you know, disunity in the camp, poor decision-making by Butler and the coaching staff, um, and the batters and the bowlers 
didn't really play at their potential. We know that this England team has led the revolution in one-day cricket in terms of England one-day cricket, in terms of playing brave cricket, being aggressive, taking the game on, especially under Owen Morgan's leadership. And that's why they won the 2019 World Cup. But under Butler and Matthew Mott as coach, captain and coach, didn't, they haven't really quite found that mojo, and they didn't find that mojo in this World Cup. Um, probably a, a sort of coming towards an end of an era. Uh, a lot of the players in the one-day team coming towards the, the back end of their careers, they've still got plenty to give, but they're coming towards the end of their time. And we saw a team that's slowly entering transition phase, and hopefully will we'll start the rebuild. But for England... Their fans were very disappointed. They didn't plan for this World Cup. The team, the squad that they assembled for this World Cup, none of them played any sort of one-day cricket together for a long period of time in the build-up to this World Cup over the last four years. Um, England have changed their priorities around a little bit, obviously rebuilding the test side under Stokes and McCullum's leadership with Basball. Um... And going into this World Cup, they, they didn't quite plan accordingly. And that's why they struggled, the preparation and the planning. So for England, yeah, it was a, a pretty abysmal uh, World Cup, it had to be said. Um, you know, towards the end, they won a couple of games against the Netherlands and Pakistan, but it was a little bit too late. You know, it, the damage was already done up front. We, we sort of saw the writing on the wall after the first game against New Zealand. And then, yes, they bounced back against Bangladesh, but the, the shock loss to Afghanistan pretty much summed up where England were at as a team, really, in this World Cup. It was a, it was a very shock loss. Afghanistan played some good cricket in that game, um, and England were well below their best in that game, but also in this World Cup as well. So, yeah, Butler, his captaincy was tested. He wasn't in the greatest of form either. So... Nothing more to say about England, really. It was just a, it was just a poor performance. It just didn't get going at all. And um, for a team that was so dominant for so long in one-day cricket, sort of coming towards the end of that, and uh, we saw that in this World Cup. They really struggled in these conditions in India. Uh, the batting, you know, we know the likes of Bairstrow and Butler and these names, um, Livingston that they had in the squad can do great things, even Joe Root and Ben Stokes, but unfortunately they fell, fell very short of their best. The bowling struggled, Mark Wood struggled, um, you know, David Willey bowled okay, Chris Wokes struggled, but then bowled well, Adil Rashid bowled very well, Moen Ali didn't bowl that much, but he wasn't really effective. So it was very indifferent for England in this World Cup, and, and they'll be disappointed, no doubt about that. Very disappointed with the way they played in this World Cup in terms of their performances. Um, and also another thing, it's the manner in how they lost, the, the results, you know, that tells a story. The way they lost was also another indication of how poorly they played. Um, so, yeah, to finish off about England, yeah, a very poor World Cup from England, not quite at their best at all. Um, and in a way, it was sort of, are coming to an end of a, of a great era, which uh, dominated one-day cricket for so long, went on to win the 2019 World Cup. But unfortunately, what we saw in this World Cup was an England team coming towards the end of that golden era and period. And um, that was reflected 
in the way they played in this World Cup as a team. Let's have a look at Bangladesh and talk about Bangladesh's performance in this World Cup in 2023 in India. And for Bangladesh, well, it, it was a poor World Cup, it had to be said. Um, they'll be disappointed with the way they played in this World Cup. Um, their result reflected that. Uh, they finished in 8th place in the group stage. Um, that was their result in this World Cup in 2023. In the group stage, they won 2 games and lost 7. Leading run scorer was Mamadullah with 328 runs. Leading wicket-taker was Mehedi Hassan Muraz with 10 wickets. And let's have a look at their results in the group stage. Well, they won against Afghanistan by six wickets uh, to start the tournament. And then it sort of went downhill after that. They lost against England by 137 runs. They lost to New Zealand by eight wickets. They lost to India by seven wickets. They lost to South Africa by 149 runs. They lost to the Netherlands by 87 runs. They lost to Pakistan by seven wickets. They won against Sri Lanka by three wickets. And their last game of the group stage, they had a, a big loss against Australia by eight wickets. So that's how Bangladesh went about things in the group stage. And it just shows you uh, with the results and how they lost and how they performed. It just shows you how, how Bangladesh played their cricket in this, in this World Cup. It wasn't up to scratch. They had a few problems going into this World Cup. Shakib Alassane obviously not happy with a few things. And a bit of disunity and cohesion within the camp didn't really help Bangladesh. They, they had their problems throughout this World Cup. Their batting at times was very poor. Uh, they had batting collapses very early on. They lost wickets in the first 10 overs, which really set them back, really, either setting the target or chasing. Their bowling their bowling struggled as well at times, especially against the, the top-ranked nations like Australia, you know, South Africa and India, for an example. Their bowling struggled. Um, so, yeah... Bangladesh, it, it, it wasn't a great World Cup. Shakib Alassane had his moments as well. Obviously, his captaincy, he didn't play most of the games. He missed out because of injury. That didn't help. But also the controversy surrounding Angela Matthews and the timeout dismissal um, at uh, Eden Gardens. Uh, sorry, not Eden Gardens, sorry. Um, at uh, Delhi, um, at the Arun Jaitley Stadium, uh, which um, caused a bit of controversy and a bit of debate. So that didn't help Bangladesh either. Obviously, copying that from everyone in the cricketing world after it happened. Um, as I said, it was a bit of a disjointed campaign. They didn't quite get going at all. Great win against Afghanistan, um, but then after that just sort of fell away and just never really recovered. Yes, they had the win against Sri Lanka towards the end, but you know their tournament was already done and and um, you know they just didn't quite play at their best and and we know Bangladesh can play better um, we've seen that in the past but with Bangladesh they're batting you know Mamadullah the veteran he did well 328 runs he scored a century in South Africa which which wasn't bad Liton Das did well with the bat um, you know Shanto Musfika Rahman uh, scored some runs so um, they've got some exciting talent with the bat as well um Bangladesh, you know, you've got uh, Hildroy and you've got Taman, who are very exciting young players emerging. Um, they're bowling, um, you know, Mehedi Hassan Muraz, you know, probably their best bowler throughout this tournament. 
Shakib Alassane at times did well with the ball, but then sh- uh, struggled. Their seamers, you know, Musfika Rahman and Tuscan Armour didn't have an impact in this tournament, didn't do uh, what they've done in the past. So, as I said, they've struggled in every department, the, the batting and bowling side of things. They really struggled, didn't really quite uh, get on a bit of a roll, really. Um, so that was the problem for, for Bangladesh. So, so looking back at this World Cup for Bangladesh, they'll be disappointed their batting and bowling wasn't up to scratch. Um, another World Cup where they performed pretty poorly. Um, so they'll be hoping to make amends and, and hoping to do better in the next World Cup in four years' time. But that's a long, long way away. But uh, to finish off about Bangladesh, yeah, overall it was a, a pretty disappointing World Cup campaign. And they'll be disappointed with the way they, they played in this World Cup because we know Bangladesh can play better. Unfortunately didn't quite execute their skills with bat and ball, and didn't quite uh, play to their potential. Let's have a look at Sri Lanka and talk about their World Cup for 2023 and how they performed in this World Cup in India. Well, for Sri Lanka, it was a tough World Cup for the 1996 Cricket World Cup winners. It was a a very poor performance, very poor tournament. Uh, The results... And where they finished on the group table, in the points table, at the end of this tournament reflected that. They finished in ninth place, so second to last on the table. Uh, That was their result in this World Cup. They won two games and lost seven in the group stage. Leading run scorer was Sadira Samra Wikaramra, with 373 runs. Leading wicket-taker was Dilshan Marashanka, with 21 wickets. And uh, their results in the group stage, well, they lost to South Africa... By 102 runs, that was the heaviest defeat in the first game against South Africa to begin the tournament. They lost against Pakistan by six wickets. They lost to Australia by five wickets. They won against the Netherlands by five wickets to uh, get their first win of the tournament. Then they won against England by eight wickets. They won back-to-back games, but then it fell away after that. They lost against Afghanistan by seven wickets. They lost to India by a huge margin, by 302 runs. Uh, They lost against Bangladesh by three wickets. They lost to New Zealand by five wickets. And pretty much that was the end of the tournament for Sri Lanka. So for Sri Lanka, as I said, their their tournament was heavily plagued by many different factors. Number one, injuries. Uh, Going into the World Cup, they lost most of their bowling attack. They lost Hasaranga to injury. Uh, They lost other bowlers and other players to injury. Even the captain, uh, Dustin Sharnaka, um, he played the tournament up front, but then had to uh, uh, pull out of the tourna- tournament because of injury. And Kusum Mendes had to take over as captain. So that doesn't really help when you lose your captain to injury. And you've got a new captain and things just not quite going right for Sri Lanka. And, and that's what happened. Their batting was very poor. Very poor indeed. Um, you know, in the games against India um, in particular... The game against New Zealand as well. Those two games, their batting was really poor. Um, the game against India in Mumbai, they got bowled out for 55, right? And and as we all remember, when, when Sri Lanka played India in the Asia Cup final, they were bowled out for 50. And in the World Cup, they were bowled out for 55. So not great memories for, for Sri Lanka. That was a horrible display of batting from Sri Lanka. They got bowled out in 19.4 overs. Um, the game against New Zealand, yet again, 
They got bowled out for 171. Their batting was poor up front. They lost wickets early. And that was the theme of Sri Lanka's batting throughout this whole tournament. They had batting collapses. They couldn't recover from that. And um, it was just pretty pretty poor in terms of, of their batting. Um, but they, they had some success with the bat, obviously. Uh, Sadira, Samra, Wikaramra, he, he scored some runs. He scored over 373 runs. He scored um, some centuries as well. You know, he... He, uh, he batted well in this tournament. He scored a couple of uh, good scores, obviously, 108 and 91 not out. So he had a pretty good tournament. Also, Asalanka scored 100 as well. Uh, Kusil Mendes scored 100. Um, so apart from that, they only had three Centurions in this whole entire World Cup. That was uh, Kusil Mendes, Asalanka, and, and uh, Sadira, uh, Samwa Wikaramra. They were the only three centurions. Everyone else struggled with the bat. Uh, so their batting was not up to scratch. Their bowling their bowling struggled as well. Um, obviously with the injuries, not having Hasaranga here, you know, him getting injured before the World Cup didn't help either. Um, so their bowling struggled. And obviously, Dash, uh, sorry, Dilshan Marashanka was their best bowler, without a doubt, in this tournament. You know, 21 wickets, left arm, quick bowler. He's very young in his career. He bowled really well. He had some really good performances with the ball. Um, all the other bowlers struggled. Even the spinners, even Tigshana, struggled as well. Um, so, yeah, as I said, Sri Lanka's batting and bowling wasn't really up to scratch. It really struggled and it wasn't really competitive in this World Cup, especially towards the end of this World Cup, the last four games of the group stage. It wasn't really uh, great with the bat or with the ball. Um, also, with Sri Lanka, to, to add something to this World Cup for them, the controversy with Angela Matthews getting timed out against Bangladesh and Delhi, uh, that didn't help uh, Sri Lanka at all, dealing with all that stuff. So it, it was just a, a really um, difficult World Cup for Sri Lanka and didn't quite get going at all. So I think looking back on this World Cup for Sri Lanka, I think there'll be disappointed that they didn't perform to their best and uh, they were well short with the bat and with the ball. Uh, the fielding was was okay at times but they had some had some moments in the field where they didn't do so well. Um, so yeah for Sri Lanka um, had to qualify for this World Cup to be here and I think that's a great achievement in, in itself but it just shows where Sri Lanka's at as a team that they had to qualify for this World Cup and didn't qualify automatically. So it just shows you there's still a team in, in working progress. Um, and they've still got some areas to improve on. So I think for Sri Lanka, looking back on this World Cup, I think they'll be very disappointed with the way they played. Let's have a look at the Netherlands and their performance in this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. And talk about how they went about things in this World Cup. Well... They finished in 10th place in the group stage. That was their result in this World Cup in 2023. Um, during the group stage, they won two games and lost seven from the nine games they played. Uh, leading run scorer was Cybrand Inkelbrink with 300 runs. Leading wicket taker was Baz Delita with 16 wickets. And let's have a run through of all the results that they had in this group stage of this World Cup. Uh, they lost to Pakistan by 81 runs. They lost to New Zealand by 99 runs. They, they had that incredible victory over South Africa by 38 runs. 
Then they lost to Sri Lanka by five wickets. They had a heavy loss against Australia by 309 runs. That's where Glenn Maxwell scored the fastest World Cup century in that game. Uh, they had a pretty good win over Bangladesh by 87 runs. They lost to Afghanistan by seven wickets. They lost to England by 160 runs. And they lost to India, the host nation, by 160 runs to wrap up their tournament for 2023. So for the Netherlands, um, their World Cup on a whole, um, I think they'll be looking back at this World Cup and saying, yeah, you know, to win two games where no one gave us a chance of winning a game at all um, is a pretty good effort from the Netherlands. I thought they played some very good cricket in this World Cup. I think the win over South Africa was was a good win. Um, obviously, beating South Africa twice now in World Cup events. Obviously, the T20 World Cup last year in Australia, where they won that game at the Adelaide Oval. And to win this game in the World Cup up there in Dalamashala against South Africa uh, was a superb effort from the Dutch. And um, obviously had a good win against Bangladesh uh, for their second win. So looking back on this World Cup, as I said, the Dutch should be proud about their efforts in this World Cup. If we take away, they won two games and lost seven. If we take away that and have a look at the, the, the results, the performances by individuals with bat and ball, um, then they've had a pretty good World Cup, uh, the Netherlands. I thought... For the Netherlands, you know, they, they struggled with the bat during this tournament. No one made 100. They had some batting collapses, which pretty much cost them, really, in terms of trying to set up a game by uh, setting a target. But also chasing. They had batting collapses, which they never recovered from. So their batting uh, wasn't up to scratch um, in some of the games. But in the games against South Africa and Bangladesh, they did enough to win those games with the bat, despite their problems. Their bowling was was good at times, but struggled against the top-ranked nations like Australia, for example, in that game in Delhi where, you know, Glenn Maxwell went off. They struggled a bit. Um, so their bowlers had some good performances and some performances that uh, they struggled in. Um, I thought Scott Edwards, the captain, you know, he's a very good leader for this Dutch team, Scott Edwards. His wicket-keeping was good. His captaincy was good. Um, and really got the best out of this Dutch team. You know, good leadership there. Um, and I also, the Dutch, the strongest suit of this Netherlands team, and we saw that in this World Cup, was their fielding. How good was their fielding? They took every catch. Their ground fielding was good. Um, they they pride themselves on their fielding. They know if we're going to compete in a World Cup against the best teams in the world, we've got to do well with our fielding. Um, and... We've certainly seen that in this World Cup, haven't we? We saw that with Australia, how fielding can have an impact on games. And we saw that from the Netherlands. Their catching efficiency in this World Cup was superb. It was well up there with the top-ranked teams. I think it was around about 80% or 70%, which is good. Um, so, yeah, for the Dutch, their first World Cup that they've played since 2011, when the World Cup was last in India. For them to win two games is a great achievement. Um... And for them to even be here is a great achievement as well. They had to go through the qualifiers. And we all know the story in the qualifiers where they uh, they did well to, to get over the line and qualify for this event. But I think for the Netherlands, I think they're one of those stories along with Afghanistan that they've won a couple of games. Uh, everyone in the cricketing world has seen what this Netherlands team is capable of. And we saw that in this World Cup. Yes, the some of the results were one-sided. They did struggle in, 
in um, most matches of this World Cup. But in the two games that they won against South Africa and Bangladesh, they played some good cricket. So hopefully for the Dutch, you know, all of them, all the players have great stories. They, they've got different backgrounds. Uh, they're not full-time professionals, um, at, you know, playing cricket for the Netherlands. But for them to come here and, and do what they did in this World Cup is a tremendous effort. And hopefully for the Netherlands, they can really promote the sport of cricket in their country and say to everyone that, you know, cricket is, is a sport for you and, uh, you know, for, for, for young children and kids watching cricket in the Netherlands and liking cricket and want to play cricket one day, hopefully the team are good role models to try and encourage the next generation of Dutch players to play for the Netherlands. And that's what World Cups do. They inspire people and they inspire young kids who remember watching World Cups, growing up, watching cricket, wanting to get involved in the game. That's how you get people in the game. So I think for the Netherlands, I think they've achieved a lot in this World Cup. Yes, they finished in last place on the, on the table in 10th position, but that's not important. They won a couple of games. They played some good cricket. Their players have got skill and talent. Um, it's just about for them trying to develop more as a nation and just to play the top teams to get better. And I think that's what they've done in this World Cup. So for the Netherlands, I think they should be proud of their efforts in this World Cup. My final thoughts on today's episode of our review of the ICC Cricket World Cup 2023. I think overall this Cricket World Cup in India, we saw some outstanding cricket and performances with bat and ball. We saw some close games, but there were very few and far between during this tournament. We saw some very close games, but we didn't have many close games um, throughout the tournament. They were heavily one-sided from time to time. Um, but I think this tournament, obviously there were a few issues before the tournament in terms of ticketing and all that stuff with the fans and etc. Uh, despite those problems and uh, issues, um, you know, this World Cup, I, I think, um, was, a, was a pretty good World Cup. Um, you know, we, we saw some, as I mentioned, some fantastic achievements. The likes of the Netherlands, Afghanistan winning games of cricket, which is fantastic for the world game. Um, and the main question from this World Cup in India is, has it kept ODI cricket alive? Only time will tell. A lot of people watch the games from around the world on TV or wherever they were based. Um, some people obviously watch the games in India during the tournament. So people are still interested in one-day cricket, which is great to see. But will this World Cup reinvigor cricket fans, reinvigor one-day cricket? Uh, because that is the question going into the future, whether or not one-day cricket will be here or not, whether or not the World Cup will still be here in some sort of form uh, that it is now. Um, so... Those are the main questions to take out of this World Cup. But overall, um, it was a pretty good World Cup in India. We saw some outstanding performances um, from, from all the teams, individual performances as well. Uh, we saw some new players emerge themselves on the world stage. And um, obviously Australia went on to win the tournament after being none and two and coming back uh, to, to, win, to win the tournament and achieve something. That is a great achievement. So um, this World Cup in India, I think a lot of people will be talking about it for many years to come. Thanks everyone for listening 
to today's episode of the podcast where we reviewed the ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023. Also, thanks everyone who tuned in to our podcast during this Cricket World Cup. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast on our YouTube channel, let us know your thoughts on this ICC Cricket World Cup for 2023 in the comments. We would love to hear what you have to say. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.